Welcome to the OIS Podcast, where you get candid conversations with the leaders and drivers of ophthalmic innovation. And now, here's our host, Tom Salemi. Hey there, everybody. Tom Salemi here. Welcome back to the OIS Podcast. Today, we're going to take you back, way back to May 5th, uh, back in New Orleans. I had an opportunity to sit down with uh, some of the masters of the universe. Uh, they, of course, uh, finished off the uh, the great day with uh, the Jim Mazo-led panel on the big stage. But prior to that, I had a chance to sit down with uh, many of the representative, uh, representatives of ophthalmology's leaders and ask them some questions one-on-one. Today's guest uh, is Bill Murray. He is now the chief commercial officer of Allergan. Uh, he was uh, appointed or given that name, given that title uh, a few days after OIS at ASCRS. And uh, I talked to Bill about a few things. Of course, uh, we got the, the Pfizer conversation out of the way early, uh, what that was like happening and of course not happening. But then we get into uh, what, how Allergan is viewing ophthalmology, where its strengths are, and how it intends to grow in the future. So Sit back and uh, visit with Bill Murray, Chief Commercial Officer of Allergan. Tom Salemi at OIS TV. Very happy to be joined by Bill Murray. He's the Executive Vice President of Branded Pharma. I know you don't care about titles, but (laughs) we like to be precise here at OIS. Before we get into talks about the future, let's talk a little bit about the recent past. Now, what's life like since uh, the Pfizer deal didn't go through? Or is it like kind of like you were left at the altar and people are kind of like, hey, how's it going there, Bill? You know, it's a little tentative to talk about it. You know, it's a good question. Remember that only less than half of 1% of the company was actually involved in the integration sure. of, of Pfizer and Allergan, which is by, by design. And so all of the customer-facing uh, employees, many of the people that are working on R&D projects uh, across the product line, not just in eye care, were not impacted by the actual integration. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew that there was a possibility that the deal would not be actually uh, closed, so we had a plan B. Uh, I believe in large part people focused on their day job mm-hmm. and doing what they get paid to do. And so uh, I think there was a 24-hour period where people thought about it. Most employees at most companies are really happy to stay independent. And that's ultimately what we uh, are going to be. And I think there was a lot of celebration, actually. I believe that. And and you're right. Every deal always has a chance of not going through. Very rarely does the sort of finger of God come down and (laughs) say, your particular deal is not going to go through for this reason. That was was surprising. I mean, things happen for a reason. I think the logic for the deal was sound, uh, but... Our future as an independent company, especially with the proceeds from the sale of our generic division, uh, is very, very positive. Mm -hmm. We have over 70 products in late stages of development. Many of those are in in, in eye care. Uh, We'll launch three products over the next uh, six months. And so whether we had merged with Pfizer or independent, the business fundamentally is in very good shape. No, oh, and, and you say people inside the company sort of breathe a sigh of relief. I know for, sigh of relief. I know for a fact people outside were kind of happy to sure. go through because we we like having yes. you know local control, so to speak, over the the ophthalmology kind of department. It was a concern that if you got too big, it'd be lost in the large course that is Pfizer. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's legitimate a legitimate concern. I would 
I will, I will tell you, it's, it's such a high-quality, high-growth product line mm-hmm. that no matter where it is, it would never be lost. Um, but we don't have to worry about that nope, now. No, we do not. And uh, we are an eye care company. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's for certain. Uh, I think we've been, even as we've gotten larger, because Allergan is a composite of activist, forest, and Allergan, our focus and activity in eye care is probably greater today as a bigger company than it was before the, uh, the combination of activists and Allergan. Right. And I think focus isn't just a function of scale. Big mm-hmm. companies can have it and little companies don't and, and vice versa. And I think we're an example of a big company that operates like an eye care company. Well, let's reintroduce us all to Allergan because you're right. It's a composite of a few companies that just got together fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Where, on the, in, in ophthalmology, uh, where do your, your prime – give us like an overview of what you have going on in pharma. Sure. In device. Sure. Uh, one way to think about it is we cover the waterfront from ocular surface disease or dry eye. Restasis, of course, is our flagship product. We have a glaucoma product line and then uh, a product for retinal disease. We have pharmaceuticals and we have devices. Mm-hmm. Uh, our largest product, of course, is Restasis. We have a terrific glaucoma business that's going to be enhanced with the launch of a uh, Zen 45, which is a gel stent technology, probably the best IOP lowering, essentially, uh, MIG on the market. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just received top line results uh, last week. And then we have a product in development for uh, AMD AMD and DME called Abyssapar, Mm -hmm. which would essentially be a superior form of ILEA or Lacentis or Avastin. We have to complete the phase three studies, uh, but that's why we're doing the studies, not to develop another uh, anti-VEGF, but to develop a superior one. And if that, in fact, turns out to be the case, we have a combination of VEGF and PDGF. And so the product line is in very strong shape today, and it'll look very different in the future, larger in terms of the number of the products and in terms of the types of products, whether they be pharmaceuticals or devices or procedures. Is is there a right balance for pharma and device? You mentioned the Zen product. You also, of course, purchased Oculeve last year. So you've sort of been building up on the med tech side, on the device side. Is there there any sort of formula or balance or ratio that is is right, or does it really just depend upon the products? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, My sense is generally product lines should have balance Mm -hmm. in terms of the types of products, which is what you and I are talking about, pharmaceuticals versus devices in terms of the size of products, in terms of uh, where they are in their commercial life. Ultimately, though, you have to rely on deal flow and innovation. Mm -hmm. And innovation often can take you into parts of the market and towards different technologies that you may or may not have expected. And you have to be flexible and nimble, which I think that uh, we are. I do believe there's some synergy that exists between a pharma, pharmaceutical and a device as long as the customer or the user is the same. Mm -hmm. So for example, we have Restasis and we have a multi-dose preservative free form of Restasis that will launch at the end of the year. Alongside that, we have Oculeve, which was, or tier uh, uh, from from, uh, Mike Ackerman up Mm -hmm. uh, in in San Francisco. Those two products can be marketed alongside each other and there are strategic, promotional and economic advantages to that. There's a lot more synergy, I think, when you have two devices and two pharma products, but even a pharma device product can create advantage that you otherwise wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. So with, with the acquisitions of those two interesting devices, um, does it, is it an indicator of future interest? Would someone be correct or incorrect in saying, 
uh, Allergan is interested in building up its medtech portfolio, its device portfolio. Yes, I would say that that's an accurate uh, way to describe where we could be headed in the in the future. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not dogmatic about the types of products. If we have the capabilities, it of course reduces um, execution risk mm-hmm. in development and regulatory and commercially. If we don't have the capabilities, though, we would acquire those those capabilities, and it's not uncommon for us to do that. We will launch Zen 45, which is essentially uh, our uh, glaucoma procedure. We have Oculave, which is a nasal uh, neurostimulator. Mm-hmm. And I would expect over time there'll be more technologies like that that either coexist or, in certain cases, replace our pharma product lines. Mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. Tom here. I want to take a quick break to tell you that we are posting content daily on OIS.net, all of the presentations, all of the panel discussions. All of the interviews, like the one you're listening to today, they'll be going up there on OIS.net. And we'll also be sending them out to you uh, in report form so you can get uh, a real, uh, a complete collection of uh, what went on at the Intercontinental Hotel in New Orleans. So go to OIS.net, make sure you sign up for Ion Innovation, and you'll receive all the great content from that conference directly into your inbox or, of course, Go to OIS.net frequently and enjoy it as it pops up. Now back to this conversation. Do you see, we talked about how Allergan is a composite of several different companies that have been put together. Do you see another larger acquisition sort of to, to continue that, that composing of a larger entity? Or do you see in the future a lot smaller acquisitions, less, less sort of seismic yeah, it's acquisitions? A, it's a good question. Um, the logic behind any acquisition, small or large, has to be new products. You know, often the media captures information about tax synergies and cost synergies, but ultimately the logic there has got to be um, new products in one of our seven uh, therapeutic mm-hmm. areas. And we have a big focus, of course, on, on eye care. Uh, we like what we see from a lot of small companies around, around the world. That's where we're focused on right now. Uh, you can never rule out. Uh, a transformational transformational deal. But even then, the logic for that has to be based on product flow, mm-hmm. early and, and late stage. And I think we're open to all things. We're not actively pursuing something transformational right now. Um, and, and the chief and others are, are looking at how we deploy the capital <laughs> that we got. <laughs> I know. It was about 12 hours after the deal was, uh, was called off. The people yeah. are already asking you about Bosch and Lom. Yes. And yeah. I, I made the point to an analyst, oh, they're, you know, I said it incorrectly. I said, Allegan's already talking about Bosch Alam. He's like, wow, they're talking about it because we're all asking them about it. It's like, <laughs> and you're, and you suddenly it's like, oh, there they go. They're already ready to buy someone else. But, that's, but you're, you're, you're not looking to make a big leap forward initially, at least. You're looking at, at right. smaller additions I, to your portfolio. I think that's a good way to think about mm-hmm. it, yes. Yeah. And where do you search out that innovation? Um, are you... Do you make direct investments? Do you invest in technologies at all? We do. Mostly we have a business development group on both the East and West Coast. Mm -hmm. We probably evaluate over 1,000 opportunities, some big, some small, a year. We're in contact with any major licensor or small company in the seven therapeutic areas that we we cover. Uh, We have bankers, venture capitalists, private equity groups. They know that we are... Uh, fast-moving. Uh, I wouldn't say aggressive. We're mm-hmm. not Las Vegas gamblers. <laughs> but we know how to assess risk. And uh, as long as there's a strong scientific rationale for the compound 
and we believe that there's a regulatory uh, and a development path, um, then we can be a, a pretty quick on the on the draw, and and that makes us an attractive partner. Sure. You know, well, Brent, Brent talked about the previous OIS, how he came upon Oculeve and was talking with doctors at yeah. conferences, and someone mentioned that they were the patients were upset when they had to give up the device after the trial was over. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. It's a great product. I, the people who developed Mike Ackerman and the, and the rest of the, the group at Oculeve, if Apple decided that they wanted to get into eye care, I'm convinced that the first product they would have developed would have looked just like the product that Michael Ackerman I've, developed. I've, and I, I saw it's, you said that. Why do you say that? What is just the look and the, the design of it? It's, it's yeah, it, it, the, the look and the design, yeah. it's, it's really, really clean, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a big, uh, um, it's real popular with mm-hmm. the patients who, who use it. It's a great, it's uh, a great comparison. Yeah, and I, I saw it. I, I saw a picture of it the other day, and it immediately, it's. And I've seen it multiple times. And I realized this is a great device. Have you ever seen it? You know, I haven't. Oh, I'll, 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 I'll send you one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Free of charge. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you very much. And I will, I will, I'll declare it on my taxes. I promise. Um, but the, that's a great. The, does design? How important is design in, in healthcare and medtech going forward? It's like to really. Uh, yeah, this isn't something you're going to sell over the counter to patients, but is it, is it that, how important is that? Listen, I think when, when people are using it's somewhat invasive. Mm-hmm. It's used uh, in the nose. Uh, anytime there's a device of any kind, and I've, been, I've operated in, in respiratory and in diabetes, um, anytime there's a device that's, that's somewhat invasive, I think it's important for patients and consumers to feel comfortable about the quality of it. And when you look at what uh, Michael produced, it's a high-quality device, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be a perfect complement to restasis. Uh, it may be an alternative to, to artificial tears, uh, and it's, it's a non-drop natural tear alternative. And uh, it's, I think it's, it's going to be really popular among optometrists mm-hmm. and ophthalmologists. Great. And final question, how are you innovating internally? Are you going to up the what's your What percentage are you sort of putting toward innovation and how does that look in the future? You mean in terms of R&D? R&D, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe that R&D budget as a percentage of sales, mm-hmm. uh, some arbitrary number, makes a great deal of sense. We, we spend roughly a billion four each year mm-hmm. on research and development, and so let's call it about 10% of, of sales. Um, that number can go up and down based on what we see in the market. I don't expect it would go, go down. Uh, the future of the company is going to be a function of products that we have in development. We love the seven areas we're in. Eye care is arguably the most important uh, in terms of our future growth. And we're looking at all sorts of technologies. There's a lot of gene therapies out there uh, that are interesting. A lot of work being done in ocular surface disease Mm -hmm. that I think is is terrific. Uh, And we're tireless about talking to the CEOs and the scientists at these companies that are just doing great work. You know, Brent says it a lot. We don't have a monopoly on good ideas. It can't be the case that we know everything mm-hmm. uh, and, and don't need others. Uh, and it's not the case. And so we rely on all the small companies that are at this meeting and, and around the world that are doing good work. Excellent. Well, thanks for taking some time. We look forward to having Al again, I hope, at many future OISs. Yes, I hope so, too. Bill Murray, thank you for joining me at uh, OAS, at ASCRS. I'm sure it was a busy day for you, but I really enjoyed meeting you and talking about Allegan's future. 
As I indicated in the interview, many people were uh, not disappointed uh, by the uh, failure of Pfizer again to happen. And uh, we look forward to following Allergan's uh, many uh, successes and acquisitions in the future. To our OIS attendees and OIS podcast listeners, thanks for doing both. And uh, tune in next week for another tale of ophthalmology innovation on the OIS podcast. And don't forget, we're going to be posting information about OIS at ASRS on the OIS.net website as well. Do that, check it out, and we will see you in San Francisco in August.